Joining us on the line, a lot of folks looking forward to me talking to this guy today, Andrew Pyle, our resident economist from Scotia McLeod Wealth Management and the Pyle Group. Andrew, what the heck's going on? <laughs> well, good morning, John. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm sure a lot of people are asking that question this morning, uh, especially after last week where we saw you know, what some people have labeled as carnage in the equity market <laughs> on Friday with a 665-point drop in the Dow Jones. And and I hate to say, John, that we're going to see a little bit more uh, today because the futures market obviously looking negative coming mm-hmm. out of the weekend. Um, you know, to put this in context, John, and you and I have talked about this many, many times, and that is that the stock market rally that we have been privy to uh, for the last nine years, let's say, um, in the last little while, at least in the last couple of years, we really even haven't seen uh, a significant pullback in the markets, whether we talk about the U.S. or, or Canada. And I think investors were looking at this and thinking, maybe mistakenly, that the market's just going to keep going up and up and up because everything's great. Uh, there was no volatility last year, which was kind of abnormal. So the way I frame this for people today, John, is what we saw before last week was abnormal. And what we saw on Friday was abnormal. I mean, 665-point drop in the Dow, that's abnormal. Um, But the combination of the two probably have brought us back to something that's more normal for the stock market, and that is a market that can have these gyrations. And I think that's that's a better message for people today. What do you say to those who are concerned that the stock market's performance is an indication that, at least in the U.S., they're they're heading back to recessionville to 2008-type numbers? Well, it's a good question, John, and and we do look to the stock market sometimes for its forecasting ability. In other words, we we sometimes feel that the stock market has this ability to look forward in time Mm. and to situations that are going to change. In other words, an economy that's growing and then all of a sudden starts to slow or perhaps goes into a recession. And we look to the stock market to capture that and kind of give us a preview. And so we don't want to disregard what we see in the stock market, but I think you know, that would really require the stock market to fall even more than what we saw last week. In other words, a correction technically is a 10% decline, John. Uh, last week, the U.S. markets were down about 4 If we were down 10%, that would be labeled a correction. Um, if we're down more than 20%, we call it a bear market. And I think if that was the case, then yes, maybe the markets are pricing in uh, a shift in the times. For now, I don't think that's the case, because when we look out the window, the fundamentals are still relatively decent. We've had tax reform in the states, employment. I mean, we had a good employment report on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not an economy that looks like it's going to dip into recession, at least this year, 2019, 2020, who knows. Um, so I think we really want to take our cues from the stock market, and I think this is really just a blowing off of a lot of the speculative froth that we've seen over the last year, uh, similar to Bitcoin. I mean, how many people did you talk to that were talking about buying Bitcoin when it was close to 20000 uh per coin? And take a look at what's happened to Bitcoin, right? Well, but one of the confusing things, at least for, for folks like me who don't know really a lot about this, is you're hearing that the numbers are good, employment numbers are good, productivity numbers are good, and then all of a sudden Friday, these are these are some of the U.S. stock indexes are, are the worst since 2016. Mm-hmm. So the way we can make sense of that, John, is to take a look at the bond market. Um, and, and this is an interesting point, because what we saw on Friday, at least, or even over the course of last week, was a situation which doesn't happen a lot, where the bond market and the stock market were moving in the same direction. What I mean by that is the stock market was falling, stock prices were falling, and bond prices were falling. We were seeing yields going up and up and up, 
And in the case of the states, you, uh, we saw a 10-year U.S. bond get up through 2.8%. Again, John, these numbers still seem really small if we think back 20 years, but they're not small when we think back a year, a year ago. So bond yields have moved up a lot. And in return, that starts to spook investors because higher interest rates typically not good news for uh, companies or the economy. So on Friday, as you said, we had a really good job support. What did that do? It caused everyone to think that we're going to see even higher interest rates in the States because we're going to get inflation. And as a result, the stock market looked at that and said, oops, bond yields have gone up a lot. This isn't good news for at least near term for the economy or for the companies. And that's why we saw that massive decline in stocks. With the Bank of Canada's recent increase in the interest rate, does this hit at a, at a bad time for Canadians? Yeah, I think Canada's a different situation, and, and so we'll shift gears a little bit here, John. Take a look at you know Canada. I mean, let's put this in perspective. The stock market decline that we saw in New York last week um, has taken us back to levels that we saw in the second week of January. In other words, you know, we're, we're just back to where we were. Uh, we're not even back to where we were at the start of the year. If we look at Canada, John, the drop in the TSX has taken us back to levels that we haven't seen since last September. So Canada is clearly being looked at in a different light. This is not just a little teeny correction. This is actually something more substantial. So to your point, John, rising interest rates in Canada, probably not going to help the situation. But we've also got question marks over things like NAFTA, uh, tax policy in Canada versus the states, uh, and of course, the fact that the Canadian dollar has risen again, and that's going to cause some competitive pressure. So Canada kind of has its own problems on top of what we're seeing in the rest of the world in this little uh, speculative blow-off that we saw last week. Some are saying this is going to, this, these, these are really numbers to be concerned about. Uh, are, what are you telling investors? Are, they, are, you, are you saying, re- is this a time to restart, to rethink your strategies? Well, I think it's a time, I think it's a kind of a casting back to last year that, you know, market volatility is normal. Uh, low volatility is not normal. And stock markets that go up forever aren't normal either. So what we had cautioned clients all through last year was that, look, we're coming to the end of this cycle and things are going to get wobbly. And of course, you know, maybe last week wobbly was a, was an understatement, John, I don't know. Um, but this is what's going to happen. It doesn't mean the world is falling apart. It doesn't mean we're going into recession. And in fact, I honestly think that, you know, we probably will see the market stabilize here. And it might even be an opportunity to go out there and buy some stocks. But we also know that in the next one to three years, this economy or the North American economy probably is going to slow down, may even dip into recession, and the market pullback then will be probably larger than we've seen. So this you could probably take as an appetizer, John. The main course has yet to been served to our table, um, but I don't think we should be panicking, not at this point. So basically you're saying eventually we're going to have to tighten our belts, but maybe not just right now. Not right now. I think this is just a little warning flag. This is what the markets do. And, and you and I were talking off air, John, about retail investors in general. And, and the retail investor curse is that retail investors sometimes end up coming to the party late. Um, and we saw this in January. We saw yeah. about $85 billion in fund flows in the States. In other words, retail investors buying equity mutual funds. Um, and that tells us that equity, you know, investors were looking at it and saying, oh, my God, last year was great. This year looks great. And I've missed a boat. I better throw my money into the stock market. And the classic tale is that usually happens right near the end of the cycle. And then those investors 
are the ones this morning, John, are probably sitting there saying, oh, my God, what have I done? Whereas the other listeners this morning, John, who are in the market for the long term, probably saying, yeah, you know, I've seen this before. You know, and then I've weathered it before, and I know how much I've got in my portfolio. So two different types of investors, and I think, you know, the majority of the listeners today are probably those that have been in the market a long time, John. This is, yeah, a little worrisome, but it's not something to panic about today. Andrew, thank you so much for being on Talk to the Town. If folks have some questions about some of the things we've been talking about, where can they reach you? John, they can uh, reach us at our website at pilegroup.ca. They'll find our contact information. If they ever have any questions on this stuff, they can definitely uh, reach out to me. Um, And we also put some of our research and our newsletters up there as well. Andrew, thank you so much for your time on Talk to the Town. My pleasure, John. Have a great week.